The only way to defeat negative thoughts. The only way to defeat negative thoughts is by focusing on positive ones. Amen. Now, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we look to your word. Thank you, Lord, that we receive, Father God, and glean. I thank you, Lord, the word, Father God, will set us on fire, Father God, to do the things that, you, that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Just how important is the word in your life? It kind of starts with the question. What priorities do you give the word of God in your life? Just what do you place your focus on? To be focused is to strip away outside sources of their power and attraction. Okay, that was an old nugget. In John chapter 17, verse 17, it says, Sanctify them through thy word, or through thy truth, thy word is truth. This is how extremely valuable the word is to us in our lives. It's to sanctify us. The word sanctify is uh, number 40 in your um, Hebrew, uh, pardon me, Greek text. It means to be sacred, pure, blameless, holy, consecrated. Uh, the word of God is like rain. We've had some rain lately, haven't we? <coughs> and snow in the mountains. And uh, this rain and snow waters the earth and causes fruit to be produced. Uh, the word will sow, the, so, the word sown in our hearts will produce a fruit. Amen? Or fruits. So let's turn to the book of Ephesians. We're going to move, move along like we normally do at a quick pace here. That's the book of Ephesians, and we want to find the fifth chapter. That's Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. We are to be sanctified and cleansed with the washing of the wa water of the word. Uh, how, do you get, how do you get clean? After a long day, you usually go home and get in the mud, mud bath, right? Now we, we take a bath or you know, shower or whatever. So... It cleanses us. This is what the word does. It cleanses us. It removes that, that uh, dirt that we get when we walk around on the earth, okay? Uh, spiritual dirt that, uh, that we run into. Let's go now to the book of Titus, chapter 3. That's Titus, chapter 3. We're talking about the word. If you want, uh, want the title, it's Word in Action. Word in action. That's uh, Titus chapter 3, looking at verse 5. 
not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So there's that washing, the regeneration. Regeneration means to continue to do it over and over. Okay, we need to be cleansed over and over because we do have our old selves to contend with. Okay. First Peter chapter 1. That's First Peter chapter 1. Verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. We're born again by the word. That's powerful. Glory to God. It's the word that sets you free. Amen. It sanctifies us. Um, why would we let the word slip by or through our fingers and fall and fall? And let it fall and then be encapsulated by the enemy's hands and let him do as he wishes with us because we don't have the word. So we need to have the word. We need to come alive to the word. Turn with me now to the book of John, chapter 8. That's John, chapter 8. Looking at verse 30, 32. Well, let's go to 31. Then Jesus said unto those Jews which believed on him. These are believers. If you continue in my word, then you are my, ye are my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So we need to continue in the word. The word separates us from worldly uh, things. It's only when we put the word first that miracles take place. If you don't put the word first, the miracles can't come. Uh, we, we become more than conquerors, capable of doing the great and mighty exploits and living a victorious life because of the word. The word puts us first place. You're always above and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. That's what the word makes you. If we have the word, if we, we can't contend with the word, we need to agree with the word. Uh, Ephesians, I told you we we're going to move fast. Ephesians chapter 4. Before you know it, you're going to be walking out. Ephesians chapter 4, looking at uh, verse 23 and 24. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Be renewed by the word, being transformed according to Romans 12, 1 and 2. So the word separates us from the old man, your old nature. Uh, to be renewed and the attitude of our minds is putting off and renouncing its vanities, its darkness, and its blindness. Uh, and we can't improve on that. 
we can't improve on our, our, our darkness and our blindness. We have to be of Christ. We have to be of Jesus to be renewed. Put on the new man and manifest righteousness and true holiness. Unless that calling be recognized, it's impossible to walk worthy of it. So you have to recognize it to walk worthy of it. Without that knowledge, you just... You need a GPS system. And the word is a word of God, your GPS system. Um, I would used to, used to say use a map. We used to have road maps. I mean, you still get some road maps from uh, AAA and all that type of stuff to, you know, for where you want to go. But uh, most of us now just hit the little button that says da 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 da, and it takes you where to go. Uh, I have an old GPS system. And uh, it's one of those small, you know. And I uh, hit the spot, and uh, all of a sudden, there's a detour, and it doesn't have a, it doesn't doesn't detect that detour at all. And so you're, I'm messed up, you know. It's, you go this way, and then you're, you're things it says turn back, turn back, and you're off course, and all that type of stuff. It's not any good. So we need the Word of God. It's always good. It's right on. It's straightforward. It's not going to lead us in the wrong direction. So we need the word. Amen. We're talking about the word tonight. The word in action. So glory to God. Hallelujah. Um, again, unless that calling be recognized, it's impossible to walk worthy of it. So we have to know that we are called and to walk worthy of it. Okay. The moral conduct of a man is affected by the knowledge that he is chosen by God. Your moral compass can only be affected by the knowledge that you're chosen by God. Once you know that you're chosen, hey, you're feeling good. You don't feel like, you know, some, you're left out of it, left out of something. Nobody's ever felt left out of something. I remember as a kid, you know, you're <laughs> when you're the shortest one in the class, well, pretty close to the shortest one in the class, and you're playing games, everybody's picked first. And, <laughs> well, I guess I got you, you know, <laughs> it's that type of thing, you know. Hey. It's not that way anymore. You're picked first. God says, you're my number one. You're going to succeed. I put you here to succeed. And you've got to follow through on, on his direction in, in our lives. It's the word that's going to direct us. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, uh, faith, our faith introduces to this unity, being have the knowledge of God, that no one can be a Christian who is a stranger to it. So faith tells you, hey, you are a son and daughter of God. You have been hand chosen. You are a joint heir. And you're not a stranger to it. You shouldn't be a stranger to it as you read God's word, especially the epistles. tells you who you are. We need to walk in it. You know, it, it was strange. 
strange for me. I'm going to go back to military life. It was strange for me when, when they said, okay, uh, you know, you go through boot camp, and then all of a sudden they tell you, okay, these are the, these are the qualifications that you, we found you to be best at. You're going to be a cop. <laughs> and so it was strange to put on a badge and carry a, a sidearm, uh, you know, where you're not used to it until, until you go through the special training on that, and then you go through OJT, OJT on-the-job training. Then you, then you had the confidence. You, know, you should have the confidence. And, you know, it, I don't care who, who the individual was. That badge told the other people you had the authority. The gun told you that you had the authority. And people followed through. You know. So you know, this is what we need to know. That God's word has given us the authority. And he's given, the, given us the tools. In the name of Jesus, the blood, blood of Jesus, and the word of our testimony, and his word puts us through, puts us on top of things. Once we know that, we can walk. Walk right into the devil's den, if you want to say, and kick him out. You know, the devil doesn't, isn't allowed in our houses, in our lives. We need to kick him out. And until we begin to recognize our authority, the word that is given us, we're going to be, oh, you know, how many is there? Well, if you opened your door and a and a dog or a pig ran ran into the do, uh, into the house, would you let it stay? Or a wild animal, would you let it stay? What would you do? Why? It's, it's, your, it's your house, and it's not, this thing doesn't belong there. Okay, this is the same thing. When, when we're attacked by the enemy, tell them to get out. You don't belong here. I have the authority. This is my house. This is my temple, and the Holy Ghost is in it, so get out. That's what the Word, word gives us. The Word in action, or as, as we put the Word in action, it, it delivers us. Sets us free. Okay, glory to God. First Peter, since we're in that neighborhood, First Peter chapter one. In First Peter chapter one, in First Peter chapter one, verse twenty-three: Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. There's nothing wrong with us. We have incorruptible seed. It's, there's nothing wrong. We, we've been born of God. God is righteous. We've been made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. We're holy. Come on. We've been born again by the word. The word sets us free. You receive that word, you, you're, hey, you, you're good as gold. Okay? The word separates us from the unnecessary things of God. The word separates us from the unnecessary things unto God, I should say. Okay. Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5. 
I don't think I wrote this one down right. I didn't write it down right. This is, this is not what, so we're going to have to skip that one. Okay, yeah, let's go to Ephesians 5. Let's go to 5.12. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done in secret. That These things that are done in secret, let's talk about the immoral and, and abominable things. We have to remove them out of, our, out of our lives to be a good, true Christian. We can't dally with the old things of life any longer. The word sheds light on the wicked, corrupt things and displaces them. So as we have the word, it shows us, hey, you need to get rid of this thing in your life. Or you need to make a correction here. You're going, you're going the right way, but you're, you're going a little bit on the left-hand side of this, or you're trying to walk the fence. It says, no fence walking. You are or you aren't. There's no white lie, a gray lie. A lie is a lie. Okay? So the word will shed light, and we need to, if it's showing it in our lives, we need to dispense of that, those things. Thank you for all the amens there. Glory to God. Let's go to find the book of Romans now. And we want to Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8. This is what the word does. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Glory to God. We need to accept what the word says, who we are, what we can be, what we should be. And not, you know, oh, well, that's a high, high calling. He sees you there. It says we are seated in, at the right hand with the Lord Jesus in heavenly places. So where do you see yourself seated? Oh, man. I, you know, at the end of the row, in the back, you know, uh, don't pick on me. Anybody was in school? No, I, most of you, I think, were sitting in the front just... Hands up, right? Since the question was answered, you had a, the answer. Well, I was one of those that kind of sat towards the back, and the answer come, you know, and just kind of, your head goes bowing down, just, you know, everybody else's hands up, your head's down, hoping they don't call on you. None of you ever did that. I remember, boy, I'm glad. Never, you had, you have, you were honor students, all of you, I could tell. Well, good for you. I didn't have that capability at that time. You were working good. See, you, you already had an advantage over me. How many... Well, I won't put that question up to you now. I'm going to say, how many of you sit in the front seat now? If you had the opportunity. I know some of you have to sit in the back because that's where you belong. <laughs> because you've got a job back there. But some of you could sit in the front... Take a look who sits up in the front. Are they ready to answer a question or are they 
Hello. See, I'm giving a lot of information on myself. <laughs> no, I can't be blackmailed anymore. Eh? <laughs> All my teachers are dead. <laughs> well, what do you think? If I'm 74, what do you mean what the teachers are? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Boy, if they're alive now, they're dead. You know, the oldest, <laughs> just heard the oldest, oldest individual in our country just died at 110. Uh, from out of Louisiana, heard that on today. That, so, you know, he could have been one of my teachers. <laughs> but some of my teachers were old when I was young. I mean, you know, I mean, they were pushed in retirement at, when I was there, so, you know. Like I said, you can't black me well now. First Corinthians. Let's go on to First Corinthians chapter five. First Corinthians chapter five, looking at ooh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Am I did I do it wrong again? Yes, I did it wrong again. How do I do that? That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. I thought the address was wrong there. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he or she is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become anew. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us unto himself by Jesus Christ and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. Glory to God. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. The word says we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. We've been given the God kind of love. The God kind of faith to do some and do something with it. New creatures in Christ Jesus. You have a God kind of love and a God, a God kind of faith. We need to do something with it. Yeah, just don't sit there and, you know. We need to do something. You say, well, I'm too old or I'm too young. If you got lips, you can pray. You know, we're about done. I'm moving along at a quick pace here. None of you tell my wife all these things, all right? She finds out things that I've never told her. Isaiah chapter 55. This is what the word says, okay? Action in the word. Isaiah chapter 55, looking at verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things whereto I sent it. His word will not return to him void, but accomplish that which he pleases, and it shall prosper to which he sent it. In his word is where we need to be. 
The word puts us in favor to have the abundant blessings to be overtaken with overflowing grace or favor. The, the words were where we're supposed to be. This is where our confessions need to come forth. Out of the word. Our confessions come out of the word. Amen. Glory to God. Let's now turn, go back to the book. Not back, yes, go back in your Bible to Psalms 107. A familiar scripture. Psalms 107. Verse, well, let's go 1920. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. Verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Glory to God. His word, again, will not return unto him void. And here we see he has sent his word, healed them and delivered them from the destruction. The word is full of love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. As the word is sent in love, it has been sent our way to achieve things. We need to receive it openly and fully enjoy it. The word says, he sent his word to prosper us. And a lot of people say, well, I don't believe that. You know, Lana, uh, this, this shows you how how in-depth some people are. A few years back, or a great many years back, uh, the leaders of churches, the spiritual leaders of churches, took a vow of poverty. That was smart. Right against God's word. I mean... So would you believe a person if they take a vow of poverty? God says, I want you to be abundantly rich, good health. And these people are take a vow of poverty, barely making it, having ill health. You know. What are you to believe? And a lot of people do that. You know, we went to a money man management person, you know, you're, and he says, have you taken the vow, vow, vow of poverty? And we look at him like, are you crazy? He says, well, well, well most ministers do. Not in, not in my, <laughs> my classification. I'm not going to take that. No. So watch what you vow. How many made vows? You know, we do vows every year. We call them New, New Year's resolutions. Watch what you vow. God says he wants you to pay your vow. What have you vowed to him this year? That you would be courageous, bold in the Lord. 
you do something for the Lord and you haven't done it yet, well, of course, we're at the beginning of the year. We need to be like President Trump. I tell you what, boy, four days into the office, he's already got a number of things going. And they're good things. I'm not saying, you know, I feel they're good anyway. I mean, he's giving the law enforcement officers back their badge. They can, he says, oh, I've got your back. You do your job like you're supposed to do. He's hired more uh, Border Patrol agents. I think he's going to hire, was it 5,000 or something like that? Anybody? I don't know. Uh, he says, I want the job done right. You guys do your job. We're not going to um, stop and release. You're going to stop and throw them in. Uh, we're going to send these people back. Hey, you've got the authority. And God's word to do the same thing with the enemy. Or any, or any situation, circumstance that comes our way, we need to stop it. We have the authority. The word gives us that authority. Amen. All right, glory to God. So we need to fully enjoy the word. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Again, the word is full of love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Let's go now to the book of Hebrews. Find the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Looking at verse 12, it's Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing and even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, the joints and marrow, and the discerner of, of thoughts and intents of the heart. The word's going to work. It's going to find out where you're at. And, and it's going to want to make the corrections. And then when, when you are speaking the word, it's going to do the same thing in your situations. It'll divide and bring discernment to you for the things that you've called on. Think about it. The word is a living thing, knowing the innermost recesses of the mind and soul, its passions, desires, thoughts, and intents. So don't try to buffalo God. He knows what we're thinking. Don't make a false statement before him. He knows what, you know, ah, Lord, you can have me all, except for this little gray area. You have me all. No, he knows what you got. He knows what you, you have if you've released it and given it over to him. Oh, okay. See, that didn't go over too well. <laughs> Nobody likes giving up some things. Some of it takes a lifetime to get rid of some things. Okay, for uh, John chapter 1. John chapter 1. We're speaking about the word, action. The word in action, okay. John chapter 1, looking at verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Glory to God. Jesus is the Word embodied. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
God with us, God for us, and God in us. Wow! You can't beat that. God with us, God for us, and God in us. He cannot be separated from us. His covenant is sealed, signed, and established. You've been sealed by the Holy Ghost. It's established in our life. We need to wake up and run with it. Get off the sidelines and run with it, all right? The restoration of, of us, the creation, is flawless. You ever think of yourself being flawless? You're flawless. God sees nothing wrong with you. And the old devil's whispering in your ear and saying, don't you remember when? What about that? It, it's gone. It's washed away. Remember the regeneration of the word? It just kind of washes. It's removed it. Remember what Paul said? I knew of a man that way, but I don't recall him. It wasn't me. Quit letting the enemy drag you in your past. Take him to his future. Hey, I know where you're going. Okay, glory to God. Again, uh, we've been restored. We are flawless. Nothing needs to be changed or added except what the Word tells us to do. Now people, we as individuals, can stop the miracle action of the Word. You can stop the Word working in your lives by allowing doubt or negative confessions to compromise your belief or your stand on God's word. So don't allow negative confessions or compromising on God, God's word. Because it's going to negate everything that the word says if you let the negative things rise up and you take a hold of them. And too many of us run that way because we are, have been programmed that way. We allow the old man to rise up and we allow, uh, we, we listen to the enemy uh, on our shoulders, you know, whisper. You know, don't you remember? You see something? Don't you remember? You did that just like they did. You're just as bad as they are. And they were sinners. So you must be just, just as bad. It's gone. Tell them, go. Amen. Doubt or compromise are, uh, and compromising are thieves. Okay, let's go to Matthew, the book of Matthew. Just back up a few chapters, a few books. The book of Matthew, chapter 14. In Matthew, chapter 14. Beginning with verse 27, Matthew 14, 27. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be, be if it, pardon, if it be thou, bid me to come on, unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. 
But when he saw the wind, bolsterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? There's that doubt. You could be walking with a miracle, getting that miracle, and all of a sudden you have a little doubt and it destroys the whole thing. You begin to sink. Your, your, your capabilities of walking on water or having the, the thing come to pass is ruined because doubt was replaced by fear. So when you have a little doubt, well, I fear that thing. Fear has stole, stole his faith. So we can't allow doubt in because fear will arise. Okay. Now let's go to the book of Luke. Find the book of Luke. And this time we want to go to the 12th chapter. Luke chapter 12. That's Luke chapter 12, looking, beginning with verse 22. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, neither for the body, what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouses or barn. And God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than these fowls? And which of you taking thought can add to his stature one cubit. If ye then be not able to do anything which is least, why take thou thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not, and yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothe the grass, which is today in the, in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye little faith? And seek not what ye will eat or what ye shall drink, neither be doubtful of a doubtful mind. For all these things do the, do the nations of the world seek after, for your Father knows what ye have need of, of these things. Doubt leads to worry. Worry will carry you into mistrust. I'm not too sure if God's going to do it. So, one, doubt, will, doubt can be replaced by fear. Doubt will lead to worry and mistrust. Okay. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we, we read about, or you read about the uh, children of Israel. Looking at verse 5. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So here we see that doubt, unbelief, murmuring, complaining sets an agenda, set the agenda for the next 40 years. So we see here we need, we need to remove doubt and unbelief, murmuring and complaining because it's going to set an agenda for your, I'm not going to say the next 40 years, 
but for the year that, that we are in. So this year we need not, we should not have doubt or murmurings or complaining. Don't, don't set that agenda for yourselves. This is a good year. Amen. Okay, let's go all the way to the Old Testament, to the very first book of the Bible. I hope you've read it today. Or not today, but have gone into, into it at least, or passed up uh, this chapter 15. That's Genesis chapter 15. I'll begin verse 1. Oh, pardon me. Um, in chapter 15, God gives uh, Abraham a, a covenant. And um, let's go up to verse 9, or go down to verse 9. And he said unto him, Take me a heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. How many does that make? How many sacrifices there? How many, how many sacrifices? Somebody. Five. Five. Five is the number for grace in God's word. Okay, so there. And in this, these sacrifices, grace is found, okay? And he, and he took all these and divided them into, in the midst and laid pieces one against another, but the birds he divided not. And when the fowls came down upon the uh, carcasses, Abraham drove them away. So what we're seeing here, uh, what in, 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 the, in, in the word of God, when you have a sacrifice, what did you put it on? Altar, okay, so we put, when we, the word, our word should be put on the altar of God's covenant, okay? And we should look after it when we put our sacrifices on the altar, okay? We need to watch our sacrifices as Abraham did with prayer and confession. Prayer and confession should be topmost thing of the word that we have. So let's look at a couple of those and we will close with that. Uh, the first one we look at is uh, Philippians chapter 4. That's Philippians chapter 4. We will look, uh, start with verse 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let, with thanksgiving let your requests be known, made known unto God. That's putting things on the altar. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Okay, going back to the altar that... Uh, Abraham had what, if you, if you recall, what, after he put those things down, what happened during the daytime? The birds of the air came down to steal the sacrifices. 
We can't allow the enemy to steal these things. Whatsoever is honest. You can't, you can't have that stolen. You can't, all these things that, that uh, in verse 8 says, we cannot let him steal from us because our sacrifice will be short-circuited. Okay, we've got to have all these things in operation. Let's now go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. In 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning with verse 6. Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God, that, ye, that he may exalt you in due time. Verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. I'm going to read that from the Amplified. Verse 6, Therefore humble yourselves, demote, lower yourselves in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God that, is due time, that in due time he may exalt you, casting the whole of your care, all, you, all your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's the word of God. That's what the word of God is telling us how to operate. So again, uh, looking at the, looking at the uh, title, word in action. We need the word in act. We need to put the word in action in our lives. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Anybody need prayer? Okay, let's all stand. We'll close off. Father, we're praising you, and we're just giving you thanks, Lord, that we can. Put the word in action in our lives, Father God, that, that we will not have unbelief. We will not compromise, Father God. We will not walk in fear. We will not allow worry to come in, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that your word is true. And we rest upon that word. Now give us each a good night's rest for tomorrow's endeavors, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that we take the word, Father God, through confession, to bring greater victories in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.